0: In mid-January, Arizona residents over the age of 21 were allowed to buy recreational marijuana. Passing Proposition 207, known as the Smart and Safe Arizona Act, came with the promise of high economic revenue and new business opportunities.
1: And since then, new promises have been made. People with pending marijuana charges were able to have them dismissed. And those with charges convictions, and arrests on their record can try and get their record expunged.
0: Arizona is about six months into having legal recreational marijuana. Are all of the promises being met? Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez, with Ron Hansen.
1: To help us understand where things stand so far, The Gaggle is joined by Arizona Republic business reporter Ryan Randazzo. Ryan covers everything from solar energy to sports betting for the Republic and has joined us before, but he's been covering marijuana news since 2018. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you.
0: When Proposition 207 was on the ballot, it was projected to bring in about $166 million each year, with a lot of that money going to health services, community colleges, and our highway system. So here we are midway through the year. Does it seem as though the program is operating well and that these items are being funded?
2: Well, those estimates um, were once the the program really got rolling. Um, So after, you know, a year or more of operations, that was the estimate. So far, recreational marijuana has brought in about $35 million in new taxes, uh, according to official state figures. But the Department of Revenue says the numbers are off because they know some dispensaries have already reached out to them and said that they're not yet paying um, because they're trying to sort out how to differentiate the recreational sales from medical sales. So the numbers Uh, are known to be off. It's not that people are skipping on their taxes, but they know that they have not been paid properly yet and and will be later. Uh, By law, which Arizona voters passed, the money must go to all the places that you described above and several others. First, the state uh, health and revenue departments get to take from the funds whatever it's costing them to actually administer having legal marijuana in the state. The rest of the money goes to community colleges, police and fire, and community health programs. The folks who wrote Smart and Safe said that while the measure would raise new tax revenue, that would not be enough to make a material difference in the massive K-12 school budget in the state. So they directed much of the new money to the community college system, which they said would see a real benefit from the amount of money that is in play. And as stated, that money is now flowing into the state and, and will be distributed to those sources.
1: Okay, so let's set aside the finances for just a moment. Uh, help us understand the ground rules on this. Um, like alcohol, someone has to be over the age of 21 to buy recreational marijuana, and it's only legal up to about an ounce. Is that correct? And, and how are the enforcement actions going on all this? Well,
2: that's right. And, and just like booze, uh, people have now got to show a legal ID to verify their age to purchase marijuana in a dispensary. The, the one ounce limit is kind of interesting in Arizona. Basically, that is all that a dispensary will sell a customer, but there's nothing stopping someone from buying one ounce at one place and going to another dispensary the next day and buying another ounce and being in possession of more than an ounce of marijuana. In that instance, it is the individual, not the dispensaries, that is in violation of the law. And just like prior to Smart and Safe, someone caught with an illegal amount is subject to to criminal prosecution. But now, if they are in possession of less than two and a half ounces, it's considered a petty offense. So really, the whole law enforcement approach has changed here.
0: Do the recreational dispensaries, they're not tracking your name, they're not taking your name when you purchase anything?
2: so the dispensaries are treating that differently you're correct when you purchase medically you have what's called an allotment and you can buy that two and a half ounces um and there's a separate um, limit on concentrated products that you can purchase every two weeks and so the state does track your allotment to see if a person has purchased that amount and they cannot purchase any more. so medical customers go into a dispensary They check that person's allotment to see if they're allowed to purchase that day um, or if they've purchased too much in, in the last 14 days. That doesn't happen with recreational. But what I am seeing at dispensaries around the state is that they are signing people up. Um, so they are, they're signing them up for marketing programs the same way that if you go to your grocery store, they, they want, they want to know who you are. Uh, they want your email address. They want as much information as you're willing to give them so that they can email you or text you about promotions and they can track the sales to you and they can do research on like, well... People that live in neighborhoods with uh, average income of X tend to buy more products that fall into the vape category versus uh, low income neighborhoods tend to lean towards this type of product. So they are asking folks to, to give away all kinds of information when they go into dispensaries, but that's not required. They just need to check age. But people are volunteering this information and, and basically helping the dispensaries do their job um, the same way your grocery store knows what day of the week is. You know, offers the best sales if they put a, a discount on milk.
0: All right. So, Arizona had a medical marijuana program before voters approved this program. Um, so, legally, Folks were able to buy recreational marijuana since January 22nd. Have the sales been consistent? Have they ebbed and flowed depending on any particular event or timeframe time over the past six months? And how has recreational marijuana affected uh, the, the medical program aside from sort of the tax issue?
2: Well, um, by now, every one of the 124 operating medical dispensaries in the state have been approved to also sell recreational marijuana, uh, and I believe that every one of them actually is doing that now. At first, in January, it was really just the most aggressive medical dispensaries that um, kicked off recreational sales, and and recreational sales were not available uh, across the state. Um, uh, the data that we have is kind of inconsistent Um, We get poundage reports for medical marijuana and we don't get that for recreational. But uh, experts expected that recreational sales would roughly double the amount of marijuana sold in the state and that it would take some bite out of medical sales to get a a medical card. People first have to pay a doctor for that recommendation, and that can be 100, 150 dollars, and then they have to pay a fee to the state. So all in, it costs 200, 300 dollars for a medical card that uh, lasts for two years. Um, and it's just much easier to skip that and and buy uh, recreationally, um, with, which only requires an ID. So the medical sales are, again, are reported by weight each month in the state, and they have indeed declined. Uh, in May, there was just about six and a half tons of medical marijuana sold in the state. And that sounds like a lot, but it's down substantially from May a year ago uh, when about nine tons were sold.
0: So do, you, do we attribute that big spike to anything, to the pandemic, back when kind of the earliest days when when things were sort of going on and we were starting to see real long lines at some of these facilities or well, something The pandemic
2: else? obviously did have some impact on, on marijuana sales, just like it impacted every aspect of life, but it, it did... Um, did not slow down sales. Um, people bought more medical marijuana, but medical marijuana sales had been growing month over month for years in Arizona as more people got uh, cards and realized that that was, you know getting the card was a way to avoid prosecution, to avoid problems with employers in many cases. Um, so seeing any kind of decline, uh, year over year is very out of the ordinary. So we have to attribute the decline in medical marijuana sales that we're seeing now to more people buying recreationally. To me, that's very strange because if you have a medical card, uh, you save 16% uh, on the excise tax by purchasing medical versus recreational. Same product, 16% cheaper. Um, and then the only other real difference between the medical and recreational sales is that edible gummies or candies or, or foods have to be limited to 10 milligrams each of THC. And if there's more than one serving in a package, it has to be delineated so that people can see what a 10 milligram serving is. And then medical customers can buy up to two and a half ounces of product at a time versus the one ounce for recreational.
1: Ryan, uh, let's talk about the places to buy marijuana. Has the state seen an expansion in dispensaries and, and what are the social equity retail licenses?
2: Well, uh, there, there are a limited number of licenses out there. Uh, there was only 130 uh, dispensary licenses before the new law, and not all of them were being used. But since recreational sales have kicked off, some of those unused licenses have resulted in, in shops opening. So as of today, there are 124 shops in the state of Arizona. The new law also allowed for 13 additional shops in rural counties that had uh, fewer than two dispensaries. So those 13 licenses have been issued, but I don't believe any of those are up and running yet. Um, So you will see new dispensaries in in rural places. And then that brings us to the quote, the final 26 licenses that the state is going to issue for, for the time being. And these are the social equity licenses that the Smart and Safe Act designated to help communities that have been harmed by the enforcement of previous marijuana laws. So the state has issued rules for those licenses who will be able to apply. And basically the applicants cannot be wealthy and they have to either have a minor arrest for marijuana or a close relative who has uh, such an arrest on their record. Most observers expect some sort of litigation from community groups to try and bend these rules more to their liking uh, before these licenses are given out at the end of the year. Uh, Some folks do not think that the new rules go far enough to help the people who have been most harmed by marijuana prohibitions, you know, so the folks who have criminal records have been precluded from jobs or uh, economic opportunities because of uneven enforcement of marijuana laws. So we'll see. But... All told, Arizona, when all this is done, we'll have the 130 original licenses, the 13 new rural licenses, and the 26 social equity licenses. There will be 169 marijuana dispensaries in the state of Arizona once this is all sorted out.
0: One of the big promises uh, made to voters was that this would allow for people to have their records expunged as it related to Uh, marijuana related charges. Where where sort of are we on that on that front? Do we have a sense as to how many people this could affect? Where are uh, local prosecutors at in the process of like getting this expungement process going?
2: Well, uh, the courts have issued the paperwork, which you can download online for free, that people will need to fill out Uh, and file with the courts to get minor arrests and convictions off their record. There are hundreds of thousands of people who have those things on their record that can file that paperwork July 12th. It is free to file the forms. People who are somewhat familiar with the legal system, perhaps from their own entanglements with it, can probably file the documents by themselves. There have been a few community events to help people fill out these legal documents, and I expect several more where people can get some free advice on on how to fill them out successfully. Folks that have multiple cases and charges, especially those that have additional crimes beyond marijuana, may need a lawyer to help them get this done. But uh, for the mom or dad out there with a single ding on their record that's holding them back from getting a better job, they should be able to get that off their record and and move on with life. Uh, again, starting in in mid-July, it's it's almost automatic, if they fill out that paperwork correctly, that those records uh, will be expunged.
1: All right, Ryan, uh, last questions here. What can we expect in the next six months uh, of this year as we are still in sort of the early days of this? What will happen with regard to sales or the availability uh, across the state? And any estimates as to the financial impact, uh, do you expect that to change dramatically or, or remain in a sort of familiar pattern? So the sales are predicted
2: to continue to increase um, as more people become aware of recreational uh, sales and it becomes more accepted. Uh, Nobody thought that um, despite all the fanfare around the launch of those sales, no one thought that um, Arizona would hit its maximum potential for sales right away. But they do expect it to continue to grow for the next couple of years, actually, before it levels off. The most visible changes are probably going to be those rural counties where there are no retailers before, and they're going to see new marijuana shops. And then eventually the social equity licenses will be issued at the end of the year. And uh, we're probably going to see some more debating about those licenses before we see the actual shops and entrepreneurs get, get to launch those businesses. But I think otherwise what you're going to continue to see the state's relationship with cannabis just continued to shift into something more akin to its relationship with alcohol and tobacco. Arizona already had about 300,000 people with medical cards to use the substance. And there were many more, obviously, who used it illicitly. And the biggest change is that they're no longer breaking the law. And uh, if they're buying from a legal dispensary, their money is going to legal operators and not the black market.
0: All right. So I know Ron said that that was the last question, but I I do have another one. Do you anticipate Congress anytime soon to change the status of marijuana to make it federally sort of legal? That has been a hangup that has caused all kinds of problems financially for some of these marijuana-related businesses, including some of these dispensaries. I, I don't think it's even part of the conversation in a real meaningful way, not like infrastructure or some of these other big things that we seem to hear quite a bit about. But what's your sense on, on that prospect?
2: I don't know that it's a, a major priority for enough people that we're going to see that. But I also don't think you need to see uh, full-blown national uh, legal recreational sales to make a big impact on the business. There's things they can do around banking um, that would ease up the restrictions and red tape that these businesses have. Um, They could uh, relax some prohibitions on transporting things across states, uh, state lines that would sort of free up these businesses now which operate across state lines from having to operate in silos in each different state. So, yes, I think the the direction definitely is going towards that national legalization. I'm not a gambler. I'm not going to bet when we're going to see that. Um, but that doesn't have to occur to see major changes that are going to continue to uh, uh, benefit this industry.
0: All right, Ryan, thank you so much for joining The Gaggle. Where can people find you on Twitter if they want to follow your work?
2: I am at Utility Reporter.
0: That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me, I'm at Yvonne Winget.
1: And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Liberto. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com.
0: Also be sure to check out Valley 101, an Arizona Republic and AZ Central podcast that answers all your questions about the Valley. From silly to serious, you ask the questions and we find the answers. For The Gaggle, I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez. We'll see you next week.